Serbia, Podiesu, Portugaliesu, Valite, Toda, Vedite. Dobrodošli u jedanaštu epizodu druga sezone. Ja sam Plik. Ovo je Oscar, poštras nasi šupreski gospodari. Kako ste? Oscar, how are you? Wow. Was that Serbian? Yes, that was wow. very rough Serbian. For, that sounded uh, good to me. Uh, Serbia beats Portugal. Yeah, uh, two one. We thank them for everything. Metro, this is metro, se- metro. Episode eleven of season two. I am Blake. Uh, he is Oscar. Yes. Glory to our Serbian gods, Oscar. How are you? <laughs> Glory. I'm fine, thank you. That's awesome. Best intro yet. Um, I'm doing. I'm doing good. It's been. It feels like a while. Why does it feel like so long? Did we do a pod? It's because we well, didn't do a pod the weekend of the Premier League, and then we didn't do one this weekend because it was an international break, and now we're doing it. That's, that's what it is. There right. we go. We're doing like a two-week two late uh, yeah. cover episode. Better late uh, than never. Yeah, these international breaks, man, they, it just feels like the Premier was ages ago. Although, <clears throat> yes, I was, I've been ill, so... I feel like I've been saying that every week. It's not been a great month for me, but I had a super terrible cold. It's so bad I thought it was COVID. It wasn't COVID. It's not COVID. Can't get rid of this cough. Ruined my birthday weekend a tiny bit. Um, but yeah, you know, we're getting there. Let's, yeah, let's, now let's chat some, some Prem. I miss it. 23 years old. 23 Oscar. years of age, indeed. I mean, you're in your... I'm, yeah, I'm past Final the peak, right? Year. I'm past the peak well, too early stage. I would have peaked too early by this point. You have another um, year before you count towards the uh, 25 man squad, so. Right, right, right. Okay. I think I think you'll be fine. Um Hopefully. Oh, and we have so many managerial chats to do as well. That's what I'm looking forward to about this pod. Yep. Um let's uh Let's start really quickly with uh, recapping what happened, you know, three weeks ago sure. uh, with the predictions. Mm. Uh, and it was another torrid time for the two of us. Oh, my God. Um, Oscar, I'm sorry to say you missed all three predictions. No, no points. Um, I missed two predictions and I was one goal off from getting a perfect um, Palace over Wolves. I thought they'd win by wow. three. They won by two. Um, so I, I claw back um, a point, making our score on the season nine points to seven points. Wow. Uh, you're still in the lead, though. So I'll give you that. All um, right. Yeah. Not great, but yeah. It's fine. To we start, I think we have to talk about managers. Yes. Um, if I'm correct, there have been four managerial changes. Um, Conte, how? Oh yes, yeah, you're right. Evie Gerard, yep, and Dean Smith to and Dean Smith on Arch. Arch. Yeah, wow, big. Well, okay, we chatted Conte. We did chat Conte, right? Because that okay, happened live during the pod last time out. We chatted a bit of Conte. Um, Eddie Howe, you need to talk to us about. 
right now? Um, I don't feel like there's that much to say. Um, yeah, okay. He's, okay. I think, overall, a massively unproven manager in the really? Premier League because wow. okay, okay. because he's had one, you know, one straightforward uh, experience. Um, okay. You know, he's not a massively diverse top flight manager, um, unlike others uh, that were discussed for the role. But I really, really okay. like the appointment for many reasons. Um, first, uh, he has had the relegation from the Premier League experience, yeah. uh, which I think will be important for promotion. Newcastle this season. Um, plenty of promotion experience, yeah. three promotion experiences. Um, and uh, a lot of really cool things about him that I really like. Uh, first, his first season in management, uh, when Bournemouth were 17 points adrift from safety in League Two, uh, under the threat of yeah. administration, uh, he had his career ended short due to injury. He was made the manager. And the first thing he did as manager was strip his former teammate of the captaincy Wonderful. because he thought that he didn't push himself hard enough in training. Love it. Uh, so, you know, I think for a team like Newcastle, where we have plenty of players who are just, you know, shipping in performances, I think that sort of mentality will oh, be very beneficial. okay. I like that thread. Um, second, the videos and everything that have already come out, um, you know, he showed up at 6.55 on his first day, yes, like three hours I, before the players stuff, got yeah. there. Yeah. Um, and the, he's, like, participating in training. Like, he uh, is yeah. one of those managers who, he's you know, wants still. to kick the ball and everything during fit and young yeah yep um and so two, in his Bruce. wow so yeah exactly Bruce. um in his 15 months off he went and uh yeah. he was on the books at atletico madrid and uh um, under yeah. simeone he was Rio on Valicano. the books at yet yeah, Rio Valcano. um he was at liverpool as a coach mm. for a few weeks um under klopp uh and so he says that his big thing is one, he had the chance to spend, you know, six months with just him and his family yeah, and reset, one. and then was able to spend 11 months traveling around Europe, learning under different uh, managers. So I think he's in a better position than he was 18 months ago when he was last in a job, which is why yeah. I'm not really worried about the break. Um, very cautiously optimistic about this. Good. Moment. Yeah, I like Eddie Howe a lot too. I think it's a sensible appointment. I think that you should stick with him if you go down as well. Um, I think maybe, maybe the uh, you know the the people in charge have have thought about that as well. Um, my one thing is like I hope to God he's improved his defensive everything because he was a horrible defensive coach before. Um, but yeah, I'm also pretty optimistic about it. Good appointment. Glad to have Eddie back in the league. Shall we briefly chat Smith and Stevie G? Yeah. What do you... Okay. I think... I'll, I'll, I'll be quick about it. Uh, as usual, we're both kind of pressed for time. Um, I think the Gerard appointment... 
while I think Gerard is a talented coach, I think that, and I think he will probably turn into a good manager. I think this is a strange-ish. I think it's kind of risky for both parties. Uh, I'm not sure what Villa are meant to be this season and where they're meant to end up. I'm not sure why Steven Gerrard... I mean, it's like people are, people are pretending as if he's sort of like completed Scottish football, which he hasn't. So he won one title with them, the league, which was great, but he could have done... He could have built on the European performances and he and he could have set up a bit of a dynasty himself there at Rangers. And then as for Villa, it's like you're getting a... I mean, what I don't know. I, I guess I have a lot of kind of unformed opinions about it. I don't hate it, but I'm also like, I could see this going very wrong. And then as for Dean Smith, I think that's a great appointment because it's Dean Smith. And he'll Norwich will probably go down, but then he'll bring them back up, etc. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it's an easier conversation to start with Dean Smith. Um, sure. You know, I think it's like a really smart decision for yeah. Norwich. Um, especially where they thought they were going to be this season versus where they actually are. And it looks like they're going to do another down and up again. Um, And like, you know, Dean Smith will be good for the job. As for Stevie G, I don't understand why he took it outside of, he's a very, he's obviously super ambitious and, sees this as, you know, like, oh, I know I'm good enough to do it in the Prem. But in terms of, like, if this doesn't go right, you know, he gave up a perfect scenario for himself to take a very risky position. Um, So I guess, you know, uh, for... It's not the risk-adverse choice. Um, so, you know, yeah. I guess he backs himself, and we'll see how he does. And No, it's exciting, for sure. There's next to a 0% chance that Aston Villa go down. Oh, um, yeah, no, no, no. There's so I many just, teams worse than even, in this league. Even if Steven Gerrard is not a good manager for them, yeah. No, I just can't imagine them going. No, there. I mean, I think the 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 question really is what is success for Villa, um, because fa- and failure because yeah, failure is not relegation because they won't get relegated. Um, I don't, I just don't know. It's like, do you set your expectations low? Is tenth place success like, and then that doesn't feel like success because of the season that they just had. But then it, I guess it kind of is, especially in the position they are now. I mean, they are they don't have many points. But then, and then what's success beyond that? Like pushing for European spots? But I, mean, I, I don't know. But I think Villa are just slightly strange side this season. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I will just, final point um, in terms of like what is success. We're going to turn into a very strange scenario in the Premier League where there are so many sides that are funded for getting European spots that even though the Premier League has the most unfair allotment of European spots, we we, there's this strange level of like Arsenal, Tottenham, Everton, Leicester, uh, Aston Villa, and depending, oh, and uh, West Ham, and then depending on how well the investment goes, Newcastle, 
where you, right. you have seven teams fighting for sixth through eighth. Uh, yeah. Which, you know, yeah, I guess yeah, you're right. I'm right. Tell. You're right. But and you could even be... possibly throw in wolves to that. So, yeah, it's going to be very crowded. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. Okay, let's talk some football. Let's do it. Um, starting off uh, with just recapping a match that we won't talk about. Uh, the match that saw Dean Smith get sacked. Uh, mm. Southampton 1, Aston Villa 0, Adam Armstrong. The early game winner in the third minute. Yeah. Great goal. Uh, I've, arrowed it. I've not seen the, it. Arrowed it into the net. Um, it was, he just like caught it on the, either the half volley or possibly even a volley and it just smashed it past the, the goalkeeper from like just outside the 18 yard box. It was very emphatic. Um, very pleasing. I like Adam Armstrong. Um, sometimes and still a strange side, I guess. Um, but yeah, you know, that nail in the coffin for, for Smith. That's kind of the highlight of this one, I think. Um, are we and then on to that was the Friday game and then the first game was the of Saturday was the Manchester derby and it I feel like did we talk a little bit about this like build up bef- the you know the week before that podcast before and we were like this is definitely going to be boring um and it was in the sense that obviously city were going to win and comfortably and Manchester United were so so bad like so 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 bad um own goal by eric Bailly, not a clownish one it was kind of unlucky i guess um luke shaw again looking terrible ronaldo non-existent finance not firing um there's just nothing right like there's a there's a i think late on there's like a penalty that could have been a penalty but wasn't a penalty and wasn't given but who it's just kind of like i'll throw it back to like a month ago when i talked a little bit about being much more excited for games like wolves watford or whatever right norwich norwich versus i don't know brentford whatever than these like quote unquote mega games uh the super sunday-esque games that just like don't give me any joy about football anymore um yeah Bad game, pretty much. Yeah, I don't have anything to add other than yeah. uh, the penalty shout for Gabriel Jesus. We'll talk right. about that later. Okay. Um, yeah, that's it. Okay, you know. all right. Yeah, I can't be bothered um, with Manchester United anymore this season. Where to next? Are uh, we just rounding Chelsea- up the... Yeah. Yeah, Chelsea Burnley one one yeah, this one, draw. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I didn't watch this game. Kai Havertz and, and Matej Vidra on the score sheet, um, both around. So Kai Havertz scored around you know, fifteen minutes before halftime, and then Vidra scored in the seventy ninth. So sort of you know similar like times of of the half. Um, smash and grab from Burnley. Um, I thought that Chelsea were very wasteful uh, in possession. Um, 25 shots, four on target is quite something. Um, You know, it's one of those where it's kind of like, 
this this is what happens sometimes you you can't be perfect um kind of a, an unlucky game i i suppose they started ross barkley um which was interesting callum hudson adoy i think was their one highlight um he's coming into some form again and as for burnley i still think they're gonna go down this season but you know like they they do this we know that they do this um and yeah i, I don't know tuchel getting frustrated Return of Christian Pulisic, I mean, kind of just a, a normal game, I guess. Um, and then we had, uh, where are we going next? We're going to, oh my goodness, I've lost it. Palace Wolves. Aha, Palace Wolves. Um, oh, yes, this was a great game. Because um, Palace are a really great team this season. Um, did you watch it? I did not. Um, I was no. in the middle of the woods, so I missed. Most oh yes, of course. Weekend. Typically, uh, kind of me neither. Um, but it was, from what I understand, a relatively frenetic game. Um, I feel like you're going to get that with 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 these teams, especially um, Wolves under Bruno Lage that we talked about a little bit before. Um, I mean, and this was a, a great performance from Palace because it stopped a very very resurgent Wolves. They had steamed up the table. Um, and it was Wilfred Zaha and Conor Gallagher uh, getting on the score sheet. At this point, it's really boring just to say Conor Gallagher was good because he's been good every single match. Um, Conor Gallagher, who got called up by England because of a couple withdrawals, made a senior debut. Um, probably a little bit ahead of schedule in his development now, um, Conor Gallagher. Um, yeah, it was just a, it was a great game. Selhurst Park is always a, a fantastic ground and. Um, both of these teams are playing some really nice football. Uh, Vieira has set up Palace to be super defensively sound. I think the, uh, they're up there with with the uh, with the underlying numbers uh, with the with the best defensive teams in the league, which is um, you know very impressive. I think especially uh, with because you're bringing in Mark Gurhi, who was on loan at Swansea last season, and then also Joaquim Anderson, who got relegated with Fulham, and that's the heart of your defense. Um, it helps, I think, that Koyate has been lifted out of the um, of the like pure defense back into his midfield position, so it p- provides some pivot. Um, MacArthur is playing out of his skin. Um, they got an array of attacking talent. Palace, we know this. Um, Eze still to come back. Everything coming up. Millhouse for Vieira and Palace, uh, and I feel like they're building a good thing there. Great young team, and yeah, fun, good game. Yeah. Um, what is uh, Conor Gallagher's situation like? How many? How much longer does he have on his contract? Uh, mm. Is there an option to buy? I just... No, I don't think there's any option to buy. So what I hear is that he was very proactive in the summer. Uh, he went to Thomas Tuchel and was like. Uh, be honest with me, like, if I stay, am I going to play? And Tuka was like, I'll be honest, it's no. Like, you won't. You won't play. Um, and so then, and, but then Tuka was like, we'll get you alone to a, like, a good side if you want that. And he was like, sure. Went to Palace. His contract expires in 2025. So I think that if he continues on this trajectory, you're at somewhat of a crossroads for his Chelsea career, because you've got someone like Marina Granovskaya, who is incredible at a job and will be like, this is yet another 
Chelsea kid I can literally sell for like 30 million pounds. Um, you know, Allah, Tomori, Abraham, etc. Uh, but if he continues on this trajectory and he's this good, then maybe he comes into the fold in Chelsea, at Chelsea. I mean, this is the thing, right? Where it's like Gilmore hasn't played for Norwich. I'm hoping, I love Billy Gilmore. I think he's really good. So I'm hoping that he will start to play more under Dean Smith. But at this point, if both these players are coming back at the end of the year, you're, Gallagher's ahead of them in the pecking order, right? I mean, they don't play exactly the same position, but it's like, if you're talking about young players, you're, you're picking Gallagher. You want him to come in over Billy Gilmore. So, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, he would be, my God, uh, for, I, I think I think everyone should leave Chelsea because I hate Chelsea. But I mean, I think he would be an, just a, a wonderful pickup for any number of ambitious teams in the Prem. West Ham, uh, that would be, you know, a great signing. Palace themselves, Leicester, you know, these teams, like he's, he's a great player and he'd be a smart pickup. Um, but yeah, he's got a long time left on that contract so they can do whatever they want with him. Yeah. Um, if I had to, you know, call my shot, I think, you know, I, th- I can't imagine a world where Palace doesn't bid 30 million for him this summer. There's, yeah. Yeah, they definitely will. I, I, I was totally going to mention the whole crossroads thing because, you know, he's way too good to go out on loan again next year um, mm-hmm. unless it's mm-hmm. for, you know, on loan to, you know, a uh, middle to top right. tier side like West Ham. Right. Um, so I think, that, I think that Chelsea will look to sell him. They'll push to sell him. This is exactly what I agree. Doing. I agree. It's the best business model in football. It's the... Yeah, for sure. For sure. Easily. The easiest way to bankroll your club is just have a ridiculous youth set up and... uh, And treat them like animals on a mill. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Uh, Okay. Welcome to the vegan podcast. Um, (laughs) Moving on. Uh, In a match that you know, we could talk about. Uh, I don't know if we necessarily need to. Norwich City 2, Brentford 1. Uh, in Norwich City's first win of the season. Pretty ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Pretty ridiculous. Match. And then you sacked Frank. Yeah. Wow. Did you? Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, take it away. Very fair to say he was probably sacked before the match uh, or told he was going to, going to be sacked. Oh, for... uh, no, I think. They said he no, he wasn't. He didn't know, but they decided. I think they've been pretty transparent about it. They've decided. They decided to keep him in the in the dugout uh, to not mess up the preparation. So they didn't tell anyone. Like, yeah. Uh, he looked, you know, absolutely downtrodden this entire match, despite winning two one. Um, it uh, was that boy. Matthias Norman, uh, we've talked about him. Yes. You know, once upon a time, the prettiest man in football. Now, uh, kind of a strange looking dude. Uh, kind of, yeah. Good player. I like him. Such if Norwich go down, it, I think he's got a season easy. Yeah, I yeah. think he's got a future in the Prem. Um, but uh, I think the number one thing to talk about in this match is after 
Uh, I don't even know the Brentford defender's name. Uh, is it Charlie Good, who oh, rips down Timu Puki in the box, and you know, of course, Timu Puki converts it. Um, and the Norwich fans, the celebration was an awesome thing to see. Um, pretty much the definition of limbs. Uh, just you know, sixty-five-year-old guys jumping up and down, screaming their heads yeah. off. Yeah. Um, uh, I would also like to shout out my boy Tim Cruel. I think he is still a top ten goalkeeper in the Premier League. Um, he his positioning is just phenomenal, um, and mm. you know I don't know what Norwich would do without him. Um, yeah. But yeah. other than that, you know. Uh, I think uh, Max Ahrens had a nightmare. I don't get it with Max Ahrens. Yeah. I just don't see the hype about him. Um, I think he had a pretty I brutal think, match. Yeah. Um, His development has win. stalled, keeps stalling because because the team as a whole can't make the step up to the Premier League, right? So in the championship, he's great. He's free freewheeling, and, and I think he sort of like he knows what he's doing there but he needs to be coached better to to make that step up into the premier league um yeah i think i hope that so uh, norwich are what five points adrift watford in 17th they're not out of it yet it's just that their underlying numbers under fark are so horrible that there was no way that they were ever going to get anywhere that's why fark was sacked and we'll see what happens under smith i think that i'm hoping that some of the players like um you know, like Aaron's and like, um, what's his name? Todd Cantwell, who's not featured much, will benefit from some, so from some good coaching by Smith. Um, I'm very curious to see what will happen. I think it's a exciting appointment. I agree. Very exciting. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. I would be over the moon if I was an Orange fan right now. Yeah. Um, oh, for sure. All right. Uh, moving Ooh. on to over the moon. Uh, Brighton Newcastle. Brighton Newcastle. What a match! Mm. Uh, probably the first time I am fine with uh, talking about a Newcastle match on the show. Okay. Um, I, I, I see in my notes I have one more thing that I'd like to say about the How appointment. Um, oh, okay. Is uh that Graham Jones will be staying on as one of the first team oh. coaches, which I think is very yeah. important. Um, I th I like it for the transition. You know, it's not such a shock. Um, uh -huh. and I think Graham Jones is a good assistant coach. I just don't think he's good enough to be oh. a manager or anything. Um, but uh. Not a ton to talk about in this match outside of 25th minute. Uh, very, very skeptical of this penalty shout. Um, I'm pretty sure it was not called on the pitch and VAR overturned it to be a penalty. Uh, and this is a near identical scenario to the Gabriel Jesus first Manchester United, which was called not a penalty. Um, it was, uh, I'm not sure who, oh, Leandro Trossard. Um, he is running across the box. 
He is bringing his right foot forward to take his next step. He gets contact on his right hip. He then pulls his right leg all the way back and then goes over. Um, So I agree that there's contact. I don't know if the contact is enough to bring him down. I think if it was called a penalty on the pitch, it should be upheld. But the fact that VAR overturned this uh, to assign a penalty, I think that's a pretty bad decision. Um, But, you know, Newcastle were much the better side. Um, All the best chances were for Newcastle. Uh, In the 66th minute, uh, finally, a well-worked set piece. It might be our first set piece goal of the season. Um, Alan St. Maximin, you know, does his thing, draws defenders, gives it to Richie. Richie's, Richie crosses it. Uh, Kieran Clark, who's had a pretty piss poor season, uh, heads it back across the goal. And that man, Isaac Hayden, um, he swings his leg around and gets it in the goal. Um, to equalize, uh, I loved the reactions from the team. Graham Jones going berserk. Uh, yeah, I love. Uh, caretaker managers and when they get really into it so uh, i'm a big fan of graham jones um but the only really important thing to talk about in this match is the uh, 88th minute onwards uh first to set up the scenario ball gets pumped up the field to midway to big joe linton who uh does an excellent job to get it under, to turn away from three men and play it through to Callum Wilson, who's in on goal. Uh, It is just him and the keeper. Uh, Sanchez comes bursting out of the goal. Uh, Originally, called no foul for tripping Callum Wilson, which is a pretty ridiculous decision by the referee. Um, I think it was David Coots. I think. I just don't know what he saw. I can't. I just unsure how he thought there was no contact. Um, VAR took a pretty long look at it, uh, gave uh, Roberto Sanchez a red card for tripping Callum Wilson. Um, but more importantly than that whole ordeal is what happened afterwards, which when I got home and I saw what people were saying and then I finally mustered up the courage to watch the highlights, I was sickened. It's it's an awful feeling as a football fan to like know that your side wasted such a perfect opportunity um, for a first win of the season. Uh, you know they put uh, Lewis Dunk in goal. Um, he looked mortified. Uh, did not attempt a single shot on target. John Joe Shelby chipped the ball, the free kick in instead of just getting anything on target. Um, you know, just a nightmare of a final seven minutes of this match without a shot on target uh, with no goalkeeper. Second, hope Eddie yeah. Howe kicks John Joe Shelby out of the first team, just like Rafa did. Yeah. I'm praying. But uh, that's it. You know, 1-1, five points on the season. After this match, we actually went 20th. Uh, because yeah. for whatever reason, uh, Norwich jumped us for a little bit, but now Norwich are back below us. Um, 
So, you know, the Eddie House, uh, you know, chapter starts now. Please, God, please give me something better. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that's 1-1. One, one. Um, oh, and I will add Graham Jones, three matches in charge, two draws, one loss. People hate him for some reason. You know, I think that's pretty respectable for a caretaker manager. They really do. Yeah, pretty respectable for sure. For sure. Any thoughts? Not really, I'll be honest with you. Not really. Um you know, not not yeah, not a bad to this is a very good Brighton side, so not a bad uh, not a bad draw for you, to be honest. Um Oh yeah. And, I forgot. Yeah. Especially a good draw considering for the last two years, Brighton have right, absolutely yeah. thrashed Newcastle. Um yeah. I think last season combined scoreline 0 and 6 and the season before that 1 and 5 or something. Uh, yeah. Bogey team. So, yeah, decent point, decent point. Absolutely. And hopefully for your sake you will move onwards and upwards. Um four games on Sunday, I have nothing to say about three of them. Everton Tottenham 0-0, Dross um Leeds Leicester 1-1 vital point for the home side you had uh Rafinha um open, opening the uh the scoring and then uh Harvey Barnes equalizing 2 minutes later um and then uh Arsenal beating Watford 1-0 with an Emil Smith Rowe goal uh to all intents purposes sounds like Arsenal were quite good again um, do you have anything to say about those three? Um, quick thing about Arsenal Watford. I think both yellow cards for uh, oh. Uri Kuchka were questionable. At yeah, best. yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I agree. Both were like half yellow. Yeah, half yellows. So I think it was a really you know tough sending off. Uh, yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, okay, yeah. let me wrap up with West Ham <laughs> big drum roll um beating Liverpool 3-2 at home cracking match um i mean i don't even know how to i say it every week at this point or i did over the course of what october and november i don't particularly even know what to say anymore this is just like absolute insanity um we had 30% possession in this game throughout the match. Um, but we were great. Like, we played the perfect game against Liverpool. Um, I think it helps that... Oh, and, and by the way, apparently the London Stadium was like... as never seen or heard before. It was... People were saying that it was as if it was one of the smaller grounds, like Selhurst Park or something. That's how loud it was, like a cauldron of noise, um, which is impressive given given the infrastructure of the stadium. But I think it helped us a lot that we opened the scoring, or rather Addison, Addison opened the scoring in the fourth minute with uh, an own goal. So super quick. Um, it, it was, I think, Ogbonner on the, Ogbonner on the header or something yep. like that. Uh, yeah, but it's, it goes down as an Amazon own goal. Um, he was extremely poor in this match as well, well, as I'll sort of recap in a second. But yeah, that got us going. That got the crowd going. And it 
emboldened a West Ham side that are so high on confidence. Um, despite the fact that the architect of that own goal, Ogbonna, went off injured um, pretty soon after, about, about later into the first half. Um, so before I go into the rest of the goals, I got to say that it, Aaron Cressel probably should have been sent off on a challenge on Henderson. So much contact on that challenge. He gets the ball, but it's the trajectory of the boots and the, I think the violence of it, the aggression behind it that makes it a possible red. Uh, thank God it wasn't because it would have been a completely different match if he had got sent off. He got away with one yeah. for sure, I think. Um, um, yeah. I do think the thing that saved him is the, the trajectory. The fact that his leg okay. makes like a V-shaped motion. Yeah, it's um, not like a straight-legged challenge. Yeah. yeah, you can see his leg coming down and it almost bounces off the top of the ball and goes yeah. back up. So yeah. I think that's where they determined it wasn't a red. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I mean, obviously not mad. I think it could have been a red in another game. I think it helps that it comes early um, as well. Uh, so yeah, move past that. Klopp is unhappy, obviously. Um, they equalize. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't, it's a pretty evenly matched game. Uh, all throughout the first half, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold equalizes in the 41st minute with a wonderful free kick. Um, Fabianski, I think, can't see it and he doesn't move. Um, but it's, it's a really good free kick, so you don't particularly, I think maybe you I don't know what you blame. The wall, I, I, I'm not sure. It was just a good free kick. Um, cue some pretty raucous celebrations from Liverpool. Uh, the players actually uh, were very, very pleased with themselves, um, which, they, you know, that makes sense because typically when you're West Ham and you concede right before the half, you capitulate in the second. But that's not what happened. Um, we came out confident. Uh, we came out unchanged, apart from Ogbonna, uh, obviously, but we came out confident. And um, and in the 67th minute, um, Pablo Fornaus, of, uh, not of all people, because he's been brilliant this season, but Pablo Fornaus has slipped through um, on a break. Somehow, looking faster, Pablo, um, races onto the ball. Defenders can't catch him, one-on-one -on -one with Allison, and shoots at, Alli I mean, again, Allison, poor. Shoots kind of at Allison, but it, it bundles under him, trundles into the net. Um, he wheels off in celebration. Rapture, the, the, the crowd are in raptures. Um, and it's, it's one of those goals where it doesn't feel frantic. It doesn't feel like, oh my God, we scored and now it's going to be like a backs to the wall display. It felt like we have scored and that is a good thing. That is a confidence building thing. And so it proved because less than 10 minutes later, Kurt Zuma, completely unmarked at the back stick from a flick on, uh, just heads the ball neatly into the net from a, an acute angle and celebrates wildly. Um, or not wildly, the fans celebrate wildly, the rest of the team celebrates wildly. He's extremely happy. Um, he's growing into an absolutely fantastic player for us. Um, and he'll need to be because I think this Ogbonna injury, and by the way, it looks like he's out for the season, is a really, really bad one for West Ham. I think it, it will coincide with... He's our best defender, so it will coincide, I think, now with a 
with a, a drop off. Um, that's what I'm predicting. Um, yeah, uh, and I think that yeah, um, Blake's put in the chat that well, Trent Alexander Arnold terrible defensively. Um, I agree. I think you have a thing against Trent. I think he his his. I think he's the best right back in the league. I th- well, Reese James gives him a run for his money. I think, but he his his uh, the things that he does well overshadow the things that he lacks in, especially given his age. But yes, poor defending because he's nowhere to be found on the Zuma goal, and he's out of position when Pablo Fornells is running through, so he's not there to to cover for the centre backs. Um, and then, yeah, 74th minute, 3-1 up. Then Divock Origi scores a brilliant goal on the pivots uh, in the 83rd minute after coming on as a substitute. But it's not enough. Um, West Ham see it out, I wouldn't say comfortably, but confidently. Um, and it's a, it's a win for the ages. It's an it's a insane statement victory against a team that we were saying the best in Europe uh, maybe rightly so and a team that was ab- above us and we have now jumped above them we, we're on 23 points 3 points off the top level with City a point more than Liverpool um, I mean it's absolutely insane uh, and long may it continue yeah not much to add uh, yeah you know of course I cannot talk about uh, West Ham as much as a West Ham supporter can. But uh, some uh, big talking points. Uh, two set-piece goals for West Ham and nearly a third. Um, Rice hit the bar. Yeah, um, we're the best at set-pieces in the league. Uh, or I think he uh, flashed it just over the, the yeah, corner. Yeah, he did. He did. Um, but uh, also I think... I think West Ham were clearly the better side. Um, I think the Origi snapshot uh, sort of came out of nowhere. It was pretty much just Origi in the box against, so, you know, like five West Ham defenders. Yeah. And it, yeah, it's exactly what Origi does, which is what makes him such a powerful substitute. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, just when does the. The roller coaster end for, uh, Soon. for West Ham. Even though it's not even a roller coaster, it's just the downhill no, bit of a, the like, roller coaster. Yeah, yeah you've bit. been doing the drop from the top of the roller coaster for the last eighteen months, and yeah, just when does incredible. it? You know, when does it start going up and? When a does looper? it level out? I think um, I think that West Ham fans aren't purposely aren't talking about it. But I think this Ogbonna injury is very, very worrying. If you recall, when he was injured last season, we dropped off severely. He's grown, like in his old, in his like late career, he's like a br- absolutely brilliant defender. And he is super important in the dressing room and on the pitch. So I think that we will feel this. Because, I mean, so that's what I heard, you know, someone was saying the other day where it's like, Craig Dawson is not a Champions League player. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, that, and that's it, right? We will miss Ogbonna's 
coolness, I think, as a sort of like his Rolls Royce esque quality. Um, but you know, hope you know. Hopefully, we just keep going. Who knows? With Declan Rice in this mindset, anything is possible. Honestly, it's a Diop season. Yeah, so that's the thing, right? I mean, it's a Diop to come in, and Craig Dawson on the rotation. Kurt Zuma is now a mainstay. Um, yeah, but it's the it's the experience that we're gonna miss. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll put a a we'll see. On we'll see. How we'll see. Who, let's just enjoy it as it comes. Uh, what's West Ham's run-in looking like? Pretty we have tough. Wolves. Really tough. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's tough, but but we're also third in the league on merit, not on fluke. So you know, it's like nothing phases us. Um, and so I think that will see us through some of the tougher fixtures for now. I mean, I'll be very curious to see if the injuries pick up, if Antonio goes, you know, etc. But yeah, we got Wolves, <laughs> excuse me, then we got City, then Brighton, Chelsea. which is a tough match. Uh, and yeah, and then Chelsea um, on the horizon, Dece- like early December. And then, and then it uses up a little bit. Burnley, Arsenal will be a tougher one. Norwich, we should win, you know. But w- one step at a time, one step at a time, and and we just proved that on our day we can beat the best in Europe. So, um, yeah, very fair. Why be scared? Why be scared? Um, that about does it for our match recap. Yes. Uh, do you want to make some predictions? Um. We can, we can. We can skip a week too. I don't mind. I haven't really thought about it, so. Uh, I will give you a second to look at them and make them because I want to because I have okay. a better form right now, so I need um, to uh, do it. I do have one you... question. Yeah, go. Is uh, Liverpool beating Arsenal too easy of a prediction to make? No, absolutely not. Arsenal are, Arsenal are in fantastic form. They're, they're one of the best informed teams in the league. Liverpool okay. sh- will will win, but it's not crazy. No way. Uh, Arsenal are... This is what I kind of wanted to talk a little bit more about. I mean, like, Arsenal are, right now, a good team. They are. I mean, I'm not saying, like, in the long term, you know, fluky Arsenal, etc., all very valid. But right now, they're good. Right now, they're good. There's no reason yeah. why they, they won't put up a a, a fine a, like a, a decent enough display against Liverpool I think um, that's fair enough um, I don't but, see uh, so am I on the wrong prediction thing can I get rid of all these like old predictions episode 11 script in the episode 11 folder. Uh, that will be why I'm on the wrong one as um, you navigate and make your predictions I will go yeah, over please. my predictions Do so. um, I have uh, Norwich continuing on their points accumulation oh. with a 1-1 draw um, home against cool. Southampton. Uh, I have West Ham thrashing Wolves 3-1. Wolves getting a consolation Ooh, goal. Interesting. Um, and I also have Liverpool thrashing Arsenal 4-1 uh, in a... Uh, Coming back to earth for Arsenal. Um, 
I like that. I do like that prediction. I definitely yeah. like that prediction. Another a um, good prediction while you're continuing to make your predictions. Um, yeah. Would be if any match to predict a win for Newcastle, I think this is it. Eddie Howe in, you know, he's had two weeks um, to manage them in the training ground, um, home yeah. at a, at a, you know, lower half of the Premier League Brentford side. Uh, so we will see. You know, it's wild that Norwich got the first win of the season before Newcastle did. That's shameful. It truly, truly, it's very shameful. Absolutely shameful. Um, my predictions. I have two draws and one win here. So Watford Man U, I think the uh, malaise for Solskjaer will continue. That'll be a narrative that picks back up. I'm going 1-1. Uh, Man U away from home. Um, Aston Villa Brighton, Steven Gerrard's first game. I'm also going 1-1. I think it has that kind of energy about it, this fixture. And I think, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I kind of I kinda like that. And then I think Man City will thrash Everton 4-0. And possibly Benitez gets sacked off the back of it. Wow. That's he'll get sacked shot. soon, I think. I think he'll get sacked soon. You know, I'll give you they, a... Uh... They play Liverpool uh, pretty in the next few weeks, and I think, he'll get, I think they'll get turned over by Liverpool. I'll give you an extra point if Rafa oh, I like gets that. sacked yeah. after this match. Yeah. Um, yeah, very fair. Um, I guess the one I would least agree with is Man City for Everton zero. I think Rafa oh, can okay. give. You oh, know, I hope a so. Zero, I, like zero I hope so. Or a one zero loss. You know, I think he's. I hope so. Such an astute defensive tactician. That's true. Uh, that is very true. That it won't be pretty, but I think he can do it. He can do it. Yeah. All right. Um, are you ready for some questions to wrap yes, up please. this podcast? Please, please, please. Um, all right. Uh, my first player, I started this podcast speaking in Serbian. It's only fair oh, no. that I get a native Serbian speaker as my wonder kid. Um, although he plays for the Dutch national team. Oh. Um, he, uh, started his career at, uh, Grinigan, uh, before joining Ajax, where he made a name for himself and was quite highly rated. Um, he had a very good record while out on loan um, while he was an Ajax player. He was then sold to the Belgian uh, Ostunde, uh, where he was excellent, phenomenal player. Uh, he moved to China, um, who uh, he played for uh, Shangshun Yatai, uh, who uh, have a uh, cartoon anthropomorphic cat playing soccer um, as their crest, which is phenomenal. Um, before uh, making his way to England, he would play for Sheffield United um, on loan. Uh, before joining his current club, can you tell me where Rakairo Zivkovic is. Oh, yeah, I remember this guy. Um, I have absolutely no idea where he plays, but I do remember him. That's a good, that's a good wonder kid. 
I think he um, uh, didn't he like yeah he moved to Ajax and then was bad for them but they banged for Young Ajax right did you say that I was like con- concentrating on yeah to figure out who he was. was um not great for Ajax but great for you know Young, Young Ajax, Ajax yeah. and great for everywhere he went on loan no I have no idea uh, I have absolutely no idea you want to take a guess is it a Serbian club? Uh, really questioning. Yes, it is a Serbian club. So is it Red Star Belgrade? It. Absolutely. Aha. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, that's I didn't know that. That's just like, yeah. Yeah, Sirvena Savica. Um, nice. There's only one other Serbian big club, right? Uh, I don't know, but yeah, Red Star Belgrade is a huge club. That's like a intense club to represent for sure. Um, you're quickly looking at all the names of. Oh, they have Partizan. Um, oh yeah, Partizan Belgrade. True. <coughs> there Sorry, you go. Just into the mic. It's fine. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, popped up on my radar because he uh, played for Mich- like or against Michelland uh, in the yeah, Europa League. Was- oh okay. Um, thought, yeah all right so uh you know i saw his name i was like hey i remember him because nice, nice. on fifa he was absolutely correct yeah um yes all right i have some more questions for you okay um how many premier league sides have accumulated two red cards this season um three way off Zero clubs have two red cards. Yeah. Um, Pretty much, you know, 18 clubs are tied on one, and then there are two clubs who have zero. Um, Which Premier League side has the most yellow cards this season? Uh, Ill-disciplined team that's bad. Newcastle. Absolutely. By yes. far the worst disciplined side in the yeah. Premier League. Um, do you know where West Ham rank? I don't. Uh, third best. Oh, wow. Yeah, only 13 yellow cards behind Liverpool nice. and Man City. Okay, okay. Um, Man City should have so many more than that. That's absolute, That's bias right there. That's great. Um, who is the best counter-attacking side in the Premier League this season in terms of goal scoring? It has to be. It has to be us. It has to be. Yep, it is the Hammers with four goals. Uh, yes. Everton are in second with three. Right, makes sense. Um, and then finally to wrap us up, uh, you know, it is stupid to talk about Premier League placement before ten matches are played. However, sure. we are after that 10-match threshold. Uh, what are your opinions? Who's going down, in your opinion, if you have to make a shot right now? Um, um, I think Brentford are going down. I think Burnley are going down. And I think... I think it's between Norwich and Newcastle. That's my Fair enough. Uh, yeah. or, no, or, and Watford. Okay, but there I think you go. I was going to throw in Watford. Yeah, so. sorry. So I think... 
I oh, I don't know. I'm really worried about Newcastle. I have to say, I really am. Um, Norwich should go down, and I think Brentford will as well. I think I think my prediction of them going down at the beginning of the season was looking silly, and now it's not looking silly anymore because they've been playing really badly. Um, and yeah, Burnley, I just kind of want to go down. So, what about yeah. you? Um, I think like really in the conversation uh, would be Brentford, Watford, yeah. Burnley, Newcastle, yeah. Norwich, Norwich, and Aston yeah. Villa. Those five. Um, Villa, yeah, yeah, I can see it. Because I can see it, but I don't Villa think they just, will. I don't think they will either, but I think they run the risk. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I can see yeah. that. I, I, I agree. I think, I think it's between those work. five before Villa, but yeah. Yeah, I think if Steven Gerrard doesn't work, then the chances go way up. Um, but, yeah. you know, chances are he's going to be at least okay. Yeah, um, agreed. Leeds, I think, have yeah. shown enough that they can... Yeah, I think they'll improve. I think they're going to be that first comfortable not in the relegation yeah, battle Yeah, I side. think they'll pull away from the relegation battle, and then I think Bielsa will leave at the end of the season. Very fair. Um, mm. I think uh, Norwich are, you know, nail on the door. I, it, I just, they haven't shown anything, um, you know, yeah, that makes me think, you know what, they can stay up. Smith would um, have to radically turn them around to, yeah, to achieve anything. And uh, with Newcastle, I think it's just going to be one of those things. Like, it's such a big question mark about Newcastle. Um, yeah, because of the the transfer money that you might have in the summer in the January. Yeah, because of everything. There's just yeah. so many question Agreed. marks. Um, Agreed. That you know, it'd be totally unfair not to include them. Um, Agreed. Not to mention, we're just we're a pretty fucking awful side. So yeah. we should do like uh, a Christmas special. Um, re re like you know mid season redo. I think. Yeah. I think um, I think we'll have to come up with something for, although Christmas is so busy with uh, both personal yeah, stuff true. and with uh, football, that I don't think Christmas is a great. No, I meant like winter break. I meant winter winter yeah. break kind of thing. Yep, absolutely. The worst time of the year, yeah. the winter break, where absolutely nothing happens. Um, with that being said, this has been episode eleven. Yeah the season two of the peaked too early podcast i'm blake that is oscar uh yeah the shout out uh alexander mitrovich um truly a legend i would take him back at newcastle in a heartbeat uh absolutely and uh you know email the show follow us on twitter leave a review and take care i'm standing